Welcome to Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm C.B. Drogi. This week, The Sudden Death of Maria Gracia Iriarte by J.V. Gatch. The dark figure of a man in long religious black robes stood at the door, knocking incessantly. Sweat dripped on his forehead. Though he couldn't hear any bell ringing, he sensed the Sin Eater approaching. The priest jumped startled when the door opened. "'Has anyone gone fetch him yet?' asked Father Joaquin in a half-voice, while Agatha, a tall, raw-boned woman, took his coat and hat. "'La Camelita has gone, Padre, about half an hour ago,' said the dark-haired woman, speaking too fast. "'Bueno, bueno. The sooner the better. Where is the poor departed Bonita?' The priest tapped her on the shoulder condescendingly, pretending he was calm. "'Here, Padre, in the room,' answered Mariella, leaning out of the door. Father Joaquin, a short, chubby man, went to the room and held out his hand to the woman. She kissed his ring, giving a bow. As most in the village, this house was too small and poor. The once colorful wallpaper was now brownish and peeling. The cork floor beaten by too many shoes running around carelessly. That bedroom was the largest one, reserved for the matriarch of the house, while her daughters and her granddaughter had to share the other one, which was not only smaller, but closer to the river and its rumor. The master bedroom was lit by all the candles they could muster. The orange light flickered, drawing unnatural shadows in the faces of the woman and the priest. Winter in the valley gave them hardly any daylight hours. At five in the afternoon, the world was completely engulfed in darkness. On the grey wool quilt of the bed laid the still warm corpse of Maria Gracia Yarte, whom they had dressed in her finest Sunday clothes. Next to her, on her knees, Visitacion, the eldest daughter, wept inconsolably, clutching the hand of her deceased mother, without paying attention to the arrival of the parish priest. Visitacion worked as a planidera, the local name for mourners. She was used to giving over excessive exhibitions of grief, and her mother's own death wasn't going to be any different, even if it was free and freeing. Why didn't you send for me this afternoon, Mariella? If the poor thing was so sick, in five minutes I would have forgiven every sin, and that would have been it, protested the priest. Giving people peace in their last moments was among his favorite things to do, along with eating roasted lamb and drinking wine. Unexpected deaths, and all the trouble they carry, were number one in his hate list. I don't know, Padre. What can I tell you? This morning she was completely fine. She even had the strength to throw the coffee cup at this one here because she found it too bitter for her taste. True, Agatha interjected, pointing to a small bruise on her cheek. Same aim as always. And so? asked the priest in disbelief. Pues nada. We went to work at the loom because we had a big order to deliver. La Camelita stayed here to take care of her as always, and not even two hours later she sent the boy to look for us. The poor boy told us that the man had fallen down, that she wasn't waking up, 
explained Agatha. Well, I'm going to check the oven. El Pastel de Muerto is starting to smell. Just like that, she dropped dead. With all the strength the Lord gave her, he must have some plan for her up there. Father Joaquin had always believed that Maria Garcia, no matter how old she was, would end up burying them all. Agatha returned to the room, soaked up in the smell of warm baked cakes and vanilla. She carried a brown piece of bread in the shape of a person. It smoked, filling the room with a marvelous smell, covering up the atmosphere of death for a moment. It didn't turn out very well, but there was no time for preciousness. She excused herself, carrying the warm bread on two rags. I used corn flour. En la tripahilla, put it over her belly, said Father Yorkwin, trying to make himself heard over Visitation's cries. And bring a glass of wine. Not the good kind. That one wouldn't notice, and we will need it afterwards. At least I will. As Agatha returned with the wine, the sound of a bell approaching made everyone shudder. The Sin Eater was close. We're here, announced Carmelita. The young woman entered the room, taking off her worn-out coat. The priest, her mother and her aunt, ran to stand behind Visitation, on the opposite side of the bed with the intention of putting as much distance as possible between them and the Sin Eater the girl had brought in. Andre Herrero had been a naughty child, a young man too fond of skirts for his own good, a man of too many vices, and was in that moment an old man disowned by all, who did not mind adding the sins of others to his own in exchange for a couple of coins. From his point of view, if he was already condemned for all eternity, what difference would it make paying for two than for a hundred sins? You know what you have to do, said the priest, trying to sound firm. The sin-eater approached the dead woman. He closed his eyes, running his thumbs down Maria Garcia's face until they rested on her eyelids. A grimace of disgust covered his face as he walked through the record of the old woman's life. Visitation stopped crying. She got up and hid behind the priest, whose arms Agatha and Mariella were clinging to. Andre, already aware of all the sins he was about to devour, opened his eyes looked at Carmelita with a tender expression, and took the bread from her grandmother's belly. Still warm as he broke it, El Pastel de Muerto dripped blood on Maria Garcia's black Sunday dress. The drops soaked the bed. The sin-eater observed the bun heavy with worms and cockroaches squirming and falling through his fingers. The women covered their faces and closed their eyes. A rotten smell filled the room. No vanilla left in the air, just putrefaction and the burnt wax of the candles. Father Yorkwin made the sign of the cross, took out his rosary, and prayed in a trembling voice. Andre sighed. He wasn't particularly fond of this part. Regardless, he bit and chewed the mass of blood, flour, and rottenness without taking his eyes off of the four quivering figures in front of him. The crust of the bread and the flesh of the insects crunched with each mouthful louder than a thunderstorm. He kept swallowing and swallowing until there were no secrets left to purge. Carmelita approached her aunt. She took the wine glass from her hand and held it out to the sin-eater from the other side of the bed, 
making sure it went over the corpse of her grandmother as the ritual required. Andre drank it in one gulp. Never a good wine to clean up the bitter taste of sins, he complained to himself. Carmelita took back the glass and placed it on the bedside table. The sin-eater held out his hand, demanding the due payment. Agatha rummaged through the pockets of her apron, trying to contain her retching. She threw two silver coins in the man's general direction, not daring to look him in the eye. They landed on the bed. Carmelita picked them up. I'll see you out, she said, handing him the money. When they reached the door, Visitation's cries resumed, accompanied now by those of her sisters and the relieved prayers of the priest. Just a moment, Carmelita asked the sin-eater as he was about to go out the door, turning to make sure no one could hear them. Do you have room for one more? Did one of those Beto have a heart attack? <laughs> no, it's... She began hesitantly. She looked over her shoulder again, and then pulled a small, warm, musky-smelling white bread from between her breasts. I don't want to carry this guilt until I die, much less confess it to him. I'm sure he knows fairly well what she was doing to me all those years. I hope she rots in hell despite what you did. I only have my father's chain to pay you to wash my sin away. Andre Herrero, the sin-eater, took the bread with one hand, smelled it, and with the other closed the fist in which Camelita offered him a silver cameo. One for the road! He smiled, raising the bread as in a toast. He took a bite and walked away, ringing the bell that warned the villagers of his presence. This has been The Sudden Death of Maria Gracia Iriarte Written by J.V. Gatch Manowaker Studios' Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash manowaker to find out more. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Manowaker Studios' director of Dice is Ben Baston. The podcast is produced, edited, and narrated by me, C.B. Drogi. You can follow me on Twitter at C-B-D-R-O-E-G-E. Thanks for listening. Thank you.